0: When you think about a season that started with such great hopes, Tony Romo coming back and then the back injury and then the rise of a new young star and 13 wins and then the lows again, a loss to Green Bay this week. Let's hear what the guys have to say about this season and this week's game against Green Bay. Welcome to another episode of my dad's favorite podcast. Let's hear what Dallas Chester and someone who's about to get another year older,
1: my brother Paul, have to say. Happy birthday, Paul.
0: Uh, Thank you, Hope. Thank you. Um, So uh, I guess we'll start with me, as I am, after all, a little bit wiser, a little older. No, Uh, she said older. (laughs) (laughs) With age comes wisdom. Not always. Yeah, we know. We've got proof in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's uh, maybe healthy, maybe uh, soothing to let go of some of the emotions that may have built up in this room over uh, a, a good season, but uh, a somewhat disappointing postseason performance.
2: Yes, is uh, I'm I'm. I'm more disappointed in this loss this year than I am in 2014. I mean, we were a wild card 2014. Um, I, I just I'm seriously disappointed in the fact that we had no real pass rush other than in other than with um, blitzing. You you can't sit back there and and not have any pass rush and expect Aaron Rodgers not to beat you. It's just oh my goodness, man. It's it's more than just disappointing. It's frustrating. You expect a lot better out of out of out of the Cowboys. I mean it no no pass rush. Irving, who's who was coming on strong, I mean, how many times did we hear his name called? None. Yeah. None. How many times did we get um what's his name? Tank Tank Lawrence called? I think one time. Twice maybe. Once or twice. Yeah. Once or twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need a defense. We need we need a pass rush. Our secondary, who has been stellar all year against Aaron Rodgers, you're, you're, if you give him enough time, I don't care how good your secondary is, it's not gonna it's not gonna be good enough. We need pass rush. Dallas Cowboys, if you're listening, figure out a way to get us some pass rush, please. This is off season. Let's, let's do it as much as I hate it being off season. Here we are. Number two, learn how to manage a game. Somebody learn how to manage a game. Somebody that's calling the game, learn how to manage the game. You know, I haven't been a big fan of of Jason Garrett since he's been here. There's some things that I've been frustrated about. One of the great things about him is that he, he gets teams, he gets players to buy into his system and to stick with it. That's a strong suit. That's a good, good coach. But a bad coach is somebody who cannot call a game properly. Are you you're gonna you're gonna have them spike the ball with that much time left when when Green Bay knows that they need to allow them to call the call the timeout if they're not going to call the timeout run the ball twice and then get up there and spike the ball. So it, it's just it's I'm extremely frustrated. I don't know that I'm gonna get over this one very easily. Um, it's going i think it's going to be a little while but uh and another thing
1: all right uh first off a manchester uh breach <laughs> uh, when we talk about coaches i i just i can't imagine why we don't run the ball I, it doesn't make any sense to me i know we were down but that didn't stop us from running the ball in um in 2014 uh whenever we were down we got down uh, I believe to the Tennessee Titans in 2014, quite a bit, and still ran the ball. Ended up winning that game. I mean, when you, we went into this game, the the plan had to be keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. If you keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. You keep our defense off the field, and that's the weakest point of our team. And you do that by controlling the clock and running the ball. And it's not like, well, you know, we didn't have a lot of success with it. We averaged 5.7 yards per carry. 5.7. You rush twice. You, we don't even have to worry about third down conversions. Okay,
2: that, that sounds successful to me. Five point yeah. what? Seven. Five, Five point seven. Point you run three times. That's fifteen, sixteen, seven, almost seventeen yards. I it's
1: it's I don't understand. It's asinine to think that you could walk walk into this game and and get away from what has got you this far. To be fair,
0: I think we passed into this game. Da <laughs> uh, <laughs> and,
1: and it's such a oh. It, that's the the most frustrating part about it to me, is we we spend the whole season and we identify this is our identity. We are a run team. We rushed more than any other team percentage-wise uh, in the league. 50%. That's what we do. We run the ball. You know what it was in this game? All right, there was 38 dropbacks. That was 38 attempts um, by Dak Prescott. He had two sacks, and he uh, scrambled twice for... Uh, a couple first downs. So he had 42 dropbacks and we had 22 rushing attempts.
0: So that's roughly 34%. Yes.
1: That's That's, that's, that's not that's
2: That's a failure on your your offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, and and you can you can say what you want to say about well we got down early. Well, part of the reason we got down early is cuz we were passing. Um, you know, we had uh the first drive was killed by um the penalty um to uh Bryce Butler but we were passing on that drive anyways uh and then the next drive was killed on a, a first down uh throw to terrence Williams uh or he dropped the ball and I mean that was we we're having so much success running the whole game they couldn't stop us we only stopped ourselves um I mean I'm looking at this here first drive field goal uh second drive punt because of the penalty on 19 Uh, Third drive punt because of a penalty, or a drop pass on 83. Touchdown on fourth drive. Touchdown on uh, on the fifth drive. Sixth drive, we threw that stupid interception. Um, That was bad. uh, On seventh and eighth drive, we scored a touchdown on both of those. And on ninth, we had a field goal. They only legitimately stopped us once whenever we threw the interception. Every other time was us shooting ourselves in the foot. The... I don't understand how we can't prepare a game plan and we can't run a team in the 19th week of the season where we can clear up penalties so we don't kill ourselves with penalties um, and we we can run the ball. I just don't understand how this is possible. Well, and on top of that, right, you're going to sit
0: back every time, and this happens too often, when you say, you know what, this one maybe is a little bit on the refs. That's kind of always been BS to me. But you know, at a certain point, it isn't BS. At a certain point, a referee can literally, if they wanted to, completely turn the tide of a game. They absolutely could. They could call pass interference, which is non-reviewable. They could do all sorts of things. Here we had one that was objectively was he in the huddle was he not in the huddle was it a five yard penalty was it a 15 yard penalty nobody's made this call i've seen several different people say that uh several different tweets have gone out that said this one hasn't been called one said since 1986 now another one said it was actually washington dallas in 2008 either way this is something that almost never gets called apparently there's some judgment call to whether it is a huddle or it isn't a huddle and when you have judgment calls that's just prone to failure in my opinion it's stupid and you know the referees going into this game especially after the desk catch should know that there's going to be a magnifying glass on their performance and even still Early on, early on the game, second drive. Yeah, you're right. First drive was killed by a penalty. We only got three points out of that. We would have had first and 10 on the 16-yard line and the potential to go up 10-7 to on the Packers. It's a completely different ball game at that point, and instead the refs or the coaches or somebody made a mistake, and because Bryce Butler ran out and almost got into a huddle, we may have lost a playoff game. And I think that is stupid, and I think there needs to be, there needs to be some oversight done on these guys. Because I know that people are saying these are the top crews, but yet even the officials say that they work better on the same crew that they've been on. They're taking the best officials and putting them on one super group that's never worked together. It's Miami Heat all over again. Can't even beat the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Come on, man. Let the good crews stay together and be good crews. Oh yeah i you know guys i uh I, th- I felt like that was a little cathartic. I feel a little better I don't feel any better you don't feel any maybe a little worse
1: yeah, I definitely feel worse
0: definitely worse. maybe that was a bad idea yeah. all right, well, hey, listen up, all you uh my dad's m d f p s <laughs> that's what we're gonna call y'all um we understand that there may be some um some angst. Uh, some disappointment. But I, I think maybe what we need to do is, first off, let's look at the bright side, right? I mean, he lost Tony Romo. Be We're all Romo aficionados in here, right? We all appreciate a fine Romo. Yep. <laughs> lost him early. Lost our second string quarterback early. And if you would have said at that point, don't worry, you're going to make it to the playoffs. You won't go deep at all. You'll be one and done. You would have been like, well... Make it to the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. If I would have said thirteen and three, you'd have been like, "Heck yeah, I could use a thirteen and three after a four and twelve. Happy days, right? What really failed us was the postseason. And look, I've looked at the stats. These teams did very similar things. I mean, you're wanting to talk about uh, De- not Demarco Murray, Ezekiel Elliott averaging five point seven yards per carry montgomery averaged 5.1 yards per carry they could have done the same thing to us isn't that interesting both six for 11 on third downs that's interesting you know both about the same amount of passes and uh they ran it significantly less than we did but we had more of a pass rush than they did you know really the first half of this game dak prescott played poorly i'm gonna say it everybody loves dak he played poorly he His passes were not on target. We both said this while we were watching the game. Uh, his passes were not on target. They were behind people or in front of people or too low. Uh, They're late in the second half when he just kind of gently lobbed that pass out to, uh, was that Beasley? Yeah. And it would have hit Beasley like in the uh, foot. Yeah. It was just an awful pass. Uh, Dak Prescott did not play as well as Dak Prescott had played, but that being said, he did lead us back against the mighty pack from 18 down.
1: Mm -hmm. And 15 down in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
0: so look, the the dude can can play, and I'm really excited moving forward that this is our franchise quarterback. It's been a long time for me to say this, but I do think he is 100% our future. I do not believe there will be a sophomore slump with this guy. This guy's the real deal, and as long as we stick to our run guns, we'll be fine. I agree.
1: Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards that. I I still want to look at some things. Uh, there there's two comparisons you can have here. First, off, I I want to say, Dak Prescott played great. I think he played great the whole game. He threw some passes that were yeah a little behind. But Aaron Rodgers also did that, but uh he got lucky enough that the ball just barely made it through Sean Lee's shoulder pads Ugh, and his helmet. There was, was some luck a, that it was a touchdown. I mean, w- when we talked about it, we were saying like those were both underthrown balls, but the difference was. You know, it was underthrown. Because, I mean, Sean Lee could have made the play on the ball. You know, if, if he, he knew turned, where it was. Yeah, if he turned around, he can catch it, you yep. know? <laughs> um, and so... But he's beat on the play, so he can't turn around. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, you know, it was actually a pretty good play by the, the corner to knock away that pass to Des Bryant. Uh, I mean, it was tight in there, but um, the one was a, a good play on the defensive side, and one was really a bad play on the defensive side. Uh, I think... I think, and the other one where he threw it at his feet, I think that was Dak Prescott trying to hold on to that ball and not being able to grip it because mm. he could see that the guy was going to jump that route, was undercutting it. So he's trying to hold on to it. Um, and that's because you're right. When I was looking at that, I was like, why did he throw that at it? It was going to hit like where Des Bryant's feet were basically. Um, right.
0: And Des was not the intended receiver on that play.
1: No, it was going to be well short. Uh, By the apologies. way, Des had a good game. Oh, he had an excellent game. Yeah. Um
2: well, our three of our, uh, our skilled player positions, I mean, they, they had good games.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but I think I Dak think Prescott is probably the future, but I, I do want, uh, I'm do i a little wary because if you look at uh, RG3's numbers going into his – after his rookie season, he threw 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, another comparison that people have made is Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger threw uh, more like – I think it was maybe – more like 15-15, and 15, if not more interceptions. That was his
2: first year, right? Yeah. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger on his second year, I mean, he took his team to the Super Bowl.
1: Uh, yeah, but he, it wasn't on his strength. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it wasn't him.
2: But that's, that's what gives me hope about Dak Prescott, is that it, he's, he's that kind of player that – it's like when Russell Wilson, they didn't go to the Super Bowl on on his strength – it wasn't his strength that they took. They won to a Super Bowl. It was that defense, but he mm-hmm. played well enough. And now I feel like Russell Wilson is a is a threat. He's that kind of player. Roethlisberger is a threat. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of player. And and that's what gives me hope about Dak, is that he he brings a he brings that that ability to win that people are going to have to start accounting for him. You know, to where you know mm-hmm. now they just say need to stack the run, stop the run, and Let him try to beat you, and you know what the Giants did this year, he wasn't able to do so. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, you know, the difference between those teams and this team is that they had a good defense to rely on. Um, and we don't, that's right, Um, I agree with that. And so,
2: but I'm just saying the hope for the future is that,
1: yeah, Dak is definitely the hope for the future. Uh, well, I'd say definitely, I feel like he's our greatest hope that we've got out of this season uh
0: speaking of futures and quarterbacks kellen moore mark sanchez both on the uh what do you call that unrestricted free agent list Uh uh tony romo potentially up on the trading block dallas i was wondering if you uh had any ideas where tony romo might be going any thoughts uh chris carter reported that jj watt for tony romo might be a good deal uh what else is circulating out there
1: um in, in that
0: Dallas brain of yours.
1: Alright, so the thoughts to me are, are two places that make sense. Um, there's three actually, uh, but I think the most obvious one is Houston. Uh, he stays in doubt in, in Texas. I think he would like to do that. Um, he would have to uproot his whole family, probably. Uh, and... Um, they're about a quarterback away. I mean, they won their division last year. Had a really good uh, defense. They need a better offensive line. Yeah, I was going
0: to ask how their offensive line is. Uh, it's, it's
2: mediocre to to average.
1: You know, Lamar Miller had a decent season, which was a running back. I imagine they can they can get better uh, in the off on their offensive line. They can they can do it with but, with,
2: with Houston and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the point about Houston is is their offensive line is good enough for their run game to be better. Mm-hmm. Their run game would benefit from having a good quarterback back there. Yeah. And and they don't have that. Now, Osweiler, I don't care what you say, the $72 million flop. Mm-hmm. He was he, he, He's not a good fit. He's not a good enough quarterback to open up running lanes for, for your running back. Yeah, but because of that $72 million, can they afford Romo? That's the question right there. That's Houston's problem.
1: Uh yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's Houston's problem. They're gonna have to figure out if they can do that. Um I, I tried looking into it and I just I couldn't I couldn't find anything right off the, the, the bat with it. Um really I wanted to focus on though what the Cowboys benefits would be. Uh, uh as far as getting rid of Romo? Uh keeping him or getting rid of him. Okay. I mean if you look at next year, um and and you you Instead of looking at it like we're paying a backup this much money, think about it this, this way. We're paying our quarterbacks this much money. Yeah, mm-hmm. quarterback
0: budget. Yeah, That's your
1: quarterback right. budget. All right. Uh, next year in 2017, um, the Cardinals will be paying their two quarterbacks, Stanton and Palmer, $28 million. Chiefs paying their two, three quarterbacks um, $27 million. Um, Cowboys... Paying $25 and uh, That's third most. Um, fourth most of the Ravens, just under about the same $25 million.
0: So not unheard of.
1: No, uh, but definitely we are in the top tier. And if you look at where that money is going, then it gets a little bit alarming. Tony Romo is the highest paid quarterback at this point in 2017 with $24 million um, going to him.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, he's also hands down the best backup.
1: <laughs> yeah. Who will be the best backup? Um, to me, uh, I, I want to, I want to keep Romo. I really,
2: I really do want to
1: keep Romo. I just, I can't see how it's actually plausible to keep well, a guy that's making that much money. You know how much money Dak, Dak Prescott's making? Obviously, uh, four hundred and forty
0: thousand. Like
1: six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, um, it's low. It's quite a bit lower. Um, and so, here's the deal: if you cut Tony Romo before uh, June first. Um, I imagine you try to do that before. Now you're uh, talking just flat cut, not trade, not oh, just cut. If you cut them before June 1st, or you trade them, uh-huh. the same rules apply. Okay. Um, you get five million dollars in cap space this year, extra, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, and you're like, well, I don't know if that's worth it. But if you consider that we have eight million dollars in cap space free for next year, that's not a lot either. If you add five million on that, you end up with 13, and then you're starting to say, okay, you can start. You, you know, you can make some deals with some people, uh, and maybe get some talent in here.
0: Well, and you're going to lose some of yours
2: too.
1: Well, uh, I mean, our secondary. That's, is, no, that's cap space that you have av- available that's not linked up to any contracts.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, there's free agents that you ha- you have to sign this year. That's not. That's not included that, in that, that email. That. Are you sure? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, so uh, those are guys that we don't have in, under contract for next year. Um. So but
2: we need to re-sign a couple of those people.
1: Uh we need to sign. We need to re-sign some. But I mean, if you look at the uh, the free agency list, you have Barry Church,
2: who we need to re-sign. He's the captain of your defense. You okay, need he's
1: him. making two point two million. So
2: you need to re-sign him. So yeah, Morris I, I Claiborne
1: that. three. I mean, you're gonna need. You're gonna need the extra five. I feel like. Uh, not only that, it does clear up money the next year. Clears up sixteen million in two thousand eighteen, and it clears up. 20 million in 2019 um if you cut them after june 1st that's past free agency um then we'll clear up 14 million dollars and so yeah you do clear up more but all your free agents are signed uh and so um there's the downside to that um so basically what you're saying
0: is if we do it before june first we don't get as much money if we do it after june 1st because we've waited till after june 1st a bunch of the free agents that you really would have been interested in will already be signed.
1: Yeah, and so really I think Tony Romo will be gone before... Honestly, I think he'll be gone before April. Um, or uh, Yeah, before March actually, which is the opening. A DFP forecast
0: from Dallas <laughs> Uh,
1: Which is the beginning of free agency. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he'll be traded or, or what, um, and I wouldn't expect to get much from him. Um, I'm thinking
0: maybe you get a third rounder.
1: Yeah, really what you're getting is clear cap space. Uh, And and Tony might be willing to renegotiate his contract to go to a place that can actually fit him if they they do that and then really help us out uh, in that area. Um, So, yeah, if you're wondering where Tony Romo is going to be, we have him right now signed through 2019, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me to have the highest paid quarterback in the NFL on
2: your bench. He would have to renegotiate to stay here, to stay here. Um but I don't see because he wants to play. And he's not going to play behind behind Dak Prescott. He wants to play. He's got to, you know monetarily why monetarily we can keep him. We we have the ability to be able to move things around. Fact is from what I understand there's no such thing as, as cap hell. You know, we can move stuff. We're always able to readjust it and move yeah. move things. That's my, you know, understanding of it. Um, so we, I mean, I feel like we could keep him, but it's not, it's not in his benefit to be kept. I don't know. I guess it depends on if he believes in his body. Yeah. And you know, athletes
0: generally super egotistical, a little bit, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be rude, but a little bit removed from reality Mm -hmm. of aging. Uh, they don't really see it happening, but I would have never guessed Roma would have come out and said, Dak Prescott should be the leader of this team. There should be no controversy. He has earned the right. I didn't see that coming. That's just smart. That's it is smart. smart. It's That's smart on a smart. lot of He's a of smart levels. guy. Not and to it, mention because an of an owner in that. Let me finish. Because of that, it wouldn't totally shock me to say, you know what? I've made lots of money here. I'm already loved by Dallas. I know Scott Linehan's system well. Maybe I can be a coach here maybe I can just do what Jason Garrett did and just earn money sitting on a bench and not get any more hurt and still have the option to play but not really have to tax my body as much and still be a Dallas Cowboy. Because I do think that's important to Tony. I think... That's uh, my favorite scenario. I think that's... when You're talking
1: about the athletes not living in reality. I think that's uh, our show host not living in reality. (laughs) That's no reality. Uh, No, no,
0: like I'm saying, that's my perfect reality. And I am saying, look... No, nobody in this room would have guessed Tony would have come out and said Dak Prescott's the quarterback of your team. Mm-hmm. No, none of us would have said that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to know with Tony. I don't know what he's going uh, he to do. I honestly, he's. I hope he plays. He wants to play. I hope he plays. I hope he plays somewhere where it doesn't impact us in any way. Because I do think Tony Romo's the real deal. But I do worry about his back and his future.
1: Yeah, um, I, 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 I worry about. No, I don't, I don't really worry about it. I think he'll make the right decision as far as where he can, where he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be here. Um, where do the other two I places? To, I I want him to go somewhere else. Actually, uh,
0: you I, want that money? I
1: want him. I want success for him. Um, you know, I imagine it'll be a lot like how Indianapolis felt when Peyton Manning left. I mean, you got a lot of Denver fans whenever Peyton Manning left and went to Denver uh and that's kind of how i feel wherever he goes i'll probably i'll be cheering for him uh and for his success as long as he's not playing against the cowboys um the other two teams that are possible um there's the broncos and then they don't know exactly what carson palmer is thinking about uh as far as cardinals and where uh he's going to be next year he's
0: 17.7 million he's pretty yeah. dang
2: expensive but he might
1: retire i think is yeah and what that, some people that's are the
2: whispers that i've been hearing but there's a there's a couple of more teams that that actually You've i heard. would like to add to what you're talking about okay go for it um chicago okay because cutler's out okay
1: you gotta give a, a team that's already built and i don't feel like they've got any sort of offensive line to help yeah, you them can't actually build around <laughs> that's the them.
2: that's their offensive line is the issue they're they're a young team now mm-hmm. they're they're getting better they have skill positions in their offense um Alshon Jeffrey, is a monster, mm-hmm. and if you have a quarterback with any kind of, and this is just rumors, if you have a quarterback that if you can keep give him protection, which I'm not sure that they do, mm-hmm. um, they have a they have a running back now that that he, he's showing signs of of, of being pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a team that I've heard rumored. Yeah. Um, there's also, I like I like the idea of Arizona, Houston, um, but there's been jet jets have been mentioned now that's a you know that's a i can't i can't imagine tony, tony romo saying yeah let's go i mean that's like saying okay i'll be a brown you know it's not a good idea
0: look yeah i think this is the real thing tony romo is not going anywhere to be built around that's no. not where he's going he's going to denver if he's going somewhere He's going to Houston. He's going to a team that was a quarterback away and otherwise a pretty good team. The Bears are not a good team. The Jets, not a good team.
2: And see, the Bears not, are a quarterback. They're not. To be no. irrelevant,
0: they're a quarterback away. To be relevant. That's right. Tony Romo has a better chance of getting a Super Bowl ring sitting on our bench than going to the Bears. I don't disagree with that. And I'm so just that's telling why it
1: won't what happen. the
2: rumors are out there.
1: Yeah, I, the Bears I don't see. Um I think another one to kind of keep an ear out for is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I was kind they of just wondering let about Rod that. Taylor go. Uh, and they've got a really good run game in place there, which kind of points to a good offensive line. Uh, I think their defense has been set up decently well. Their defense is pretty good. The only problem is they play the Patriots twice a year, um, and and that's going to be re- pretty rough. Um, but the, the, the and Buff- the weather sucks. Yeah, uh, I don't. The other problem with Chicago is that it's NFC. That's another problem with the Cardinals. Uh, I don't think if we do trade him or uh, he goes somewhere else, I don't think he's going to end up in the NFC. That's a good point. Uh, I think he's going to be in the AFC, So Yeah,
2: that's a good, good point. point.
1: All
0: right, well, there you go. Um, I'd like to go ahead and uh, take a quick break here, gather ourselves, uh, look over some information, and uh, get back to our viewers with the quality content they've come to expect from MMDFP. Anything else? Sounds good. Why don't you go on over to Facebook and like my dad's favorite podcast.
1: So at the beginning of the uh, first segment of this podcast, we talked kind of, well, not kind of, just we ranted about how we felt about the Dallas Cowboys and, and the result of this last game and just how it made us feel and just how bad it was and negative it was. I would like to start this part. Uh, the second part of this podcast, talking about the good things about the game, Uh, some things maybe we learned about um, what our team is made of, uh, and kind of get that sort of view of things.
0: Okay, well, I've got a couple, uh, and I'll just start off. Guys, I think Dak Prescott made some real strides. I think this was experience. I mean, basically, your rookie got to play in a playoff game, led your team back in the fourth quarter from a significant deficit, he knows he can do it. I don't think he feels he lost us that game. I think he there's didn't. a, but there are a lot of things he could have cleaned up. So I think overall it's a great coaching opportunity. We've seen Dak before. We know he doesn't get rattled. Uh, even in a playoff game, he didn't get rattled. Uh, so I, I'm going to chalk this up to a great experience for what I hope to be multiple, 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 multiple. Mul- it's so many multiples that the word will change in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, no, for real, uh, I think this was great for Dak, and I am incredibly excited for the Cowboys' future at the quarterback position, which I think, this is not an understatement, is the most important position on your football team.
2: For me, it's it's I'm, I'm really, really hopeful for our, our offensive line. Um, in fact, the matter is our, our entire offense. Um, it's it's still relatively young, um, you know. I, I, that gives me hope for the future, and, and the fact that uh, we do have a rookie quarterback that is showing so much promise. We have, of course, Ezekiel Elliott, who is Ezekiel Elliott behind this offensive line. He's 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 a, he's a monster. Um, I, I've, for the for the youth of our team, I'm I'm very. Uh, What's the word? Um, Optimistic. Optimistic. Very good. Yeah, very optimistic. So I'm I'm very happy about where our offense is.
1: Yeah, I'd say really the leadership that I've seen out of Dak Prescott. uh, He's a he's an interesting leader. Uh, I I like the everybody seems to respond to him really well, Um, and so I I like that aspect of it. I also want to say against a playoff team, we rush for 5.7 yards uh, a carry um you know against a team that was stacking the box sometimes with eight or nine guys. yeah i mean we were counting a lot of those uh, a lot of those plays um one one play they had five men in the box and we ran for like 25 yards it's <laughs> like they shouldn't do that um they, they didn't again yeah. they didn't again yeah, i was like why do they only have five in there that seems kind of low i'm sure that was a blown assignment or something uh we we rushed really well um Dak Prescott's leadership, the character that the Cowboys showed. Uh, as critical as I am of Jason Garrett, I do have to give him this. I've never seen a team quit on him. They've, no, the, they've always bought into whatever he's done.
2: From and the I, first season he took over for for uh, Coach Whoop did do Wade Phillips. Yes, Wade Phillips. Now,
0: all, now defensive coordinator of the Rams.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, he's been he's been a ste- look. He's a great defensive coordinator. He's not a good head coach, um, but since Jason Garrett's taken over, his team has performed for him, and that that's that can be said. That's a good thing to be said said about him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's what you want out of a coach. It was one of the things I you think you want out of the coach. Um, so I, I will say, it shows the character of that uh, of the Calv- of our team. Um, I also, I think Jeff Heath had a wonderful game. Uh, you know, I mean that was. Really, he had two interceptions and a sack on that game. Um, yeah, he might have been the MVP player of that game had the Cowboys won it. I think he would have been. Um, or maybe not the MVP, but he would have been the best defensive player. And, you know, who would have thought that going into the game? Though if you told me Jeff Keith is going to be your best defensive player, I would have told you we were going to lose. Um,
0: <laughs> that's fair. Which
1: so we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he came up with a, a lot of plays, and that's fun to watch. I don't know if he's earned more time on the field. Or not, but I will say this: he he got turnovers. You know, he played a pretty good free safety back there. uh, Or center fielder. He's
0: he's a he's fine as your backup.
1: Yeah, uh, he he did a fine job, Uh, and so that's kind of where I I see some of the positives from this game.
0: All right. Well, you know, I do think it's interesting. Most of us spoke only about offense, so we are optimistic about our offensive future. But I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, You know, defense needs some work. But uh, I'm optimistic about. Are drafting, I mean, look, if Jalen Smith plays one play in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know how this isn't the best draft the Cowboys have ever had. And to have, you know, I know we're not near, near to the front as we were this season, this last draft. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident that the people that we're going to get, and, you know, Tapper, they're saying we'll be back next year, uh, even though he never played a single snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if him and Jalen Smith end up contributing to your team in any way, I mean, that's you wait what was that, seven for seven? Mm-hmm. That's an incredible draft. Yeah. Uh, and when you're drafting that well, it might not matter where you're drafting. Get you some players. And, I, you know, I've heard it's a stacked uh, draft. I don't know if it's stacked offensively or defensively. But, man, I got to say, I'm trusting my front office right now, which is a good feeling.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh do you remember what our reaction was after the draft?
2: I I think I wanted to cry.
1: Yeah, it was pretty bad. About. I was
2: poorly disappointed. I mean, uh, Zeke Elliott, first fourth pick overall, I was pissed. Yeah. Um
1: so those are all those are all great things uh that oh, that we have some things to look forward to. Very happily
2: disappointed.
1: Yeah. Um the other thing that I think is something interesting, I was looking um all the cap numbers that you heard me pull from the day I got from Overthecap.com. Uh and I was looking at um how much we had allocated to our offense and how much we had allocated to our defense. Uh-huh. It was like hundred and fifteen million, maybe hundred and twenty million to our offense and forty million to our defense. Yeah, seems about right. And it's like <laughs> for what we're getting. Yeah. And if you look at you know, like on the field you're like okay, you know that makes sense we've invested all this money in our offense and our defense has really suffered for it. Uh, And I think it's maybe about time we try to even that out a little bit. Well, you know, I don't
0: know how much truth there was to this, but I did hear it reported from several sources. They asked Rod Marinelli who he wanted to draft if he had the first pick at number four. And he said Ezekiel Elliott because there was nobody defensively he saw that would make as big a difference as a successful running game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of great defensive talent out of that those first ten.
1: Bosa has been excellent.
0: Bosa has been excellent lately, but uh, you know, okay, that's one.
1: I mean, that's a guy that we could have had. Yeah, who that's would Would have
2: benefited our team a great deal.
1: I would have rather had Bosa. Would you? Yeah, I mean, in this, I mean, even think about this last game, we didn't run the ball. Uh, you know, what we lacked was a pass rush. It would have been really nice, and I've been saying it all year, I think you get something comparable with the guys that are behind him, uh, and you don't have anything that's comparable with the guys behind Joey Bosa. That's true. I mean, if there's a guy who has 10 sacks on our on our team, he's leading our team in sacks by four. Vincent Mayo is our leading uh, sacker. Who's Benson Mayo? I mean like these are these are no name guys that Benson we have.
0: Mayo was the guy who wasn't good enough to stay on the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Um who were actually pretty good this year. But uh I, you know defense. if you want this podcast to really blow up you just need to put that opinion out there. Should not have drafted Ezekiel Elliott because you will get tons of hate mail. <laughs> uh,
1: I I think it just makes people turn it off. Um so but I, I still I stand by that from the beginning. It's it was no matter what the result of this year was, it was irresponsible because there was, um, you had what you needed there. So,
0: yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, and I thought we were actually pretty good at running back. So I'm with you. That didn't seem like now Ezekiel Elliott does seem like a man beast.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm. I but. thought he would have a good career. I mean, we said this going into it. It was like, well, he's coming into a perfect situation, and he's a talented guy. That's why he's going in the first round. He should do very well. But, I mean, that's setting a guy up for success. I mean, I mean. Well,
0: I and but to that end, drafting Joey Bosa, and I don't want to get, I think we're getting a little off topic here, but drafting Joey Bosa, that's not putting him in a position for success, because he right. would be the only person on this team that could put pressure. Yeah. So I don't know that he would have had the same type of numbers here, but. Yeah, I don't you know, know how
1: the Chargers look. Uh, yeah. If, if he was so the only one. So let, let's move forward. Okay. Uh,
0: i got some things I kind of want to put out there. I just want to say some things, see what you all say, and uh, we can move on from there. Uh, I've got five basic statements here. Um, number one, that huddle call. All right. It's first quarter. It's 7-3. to three. Cowboys, uh, on that first drive, I think it ended in a, was it a holding penalty? Basically killed that.
1: Um, I don't remember.
0: Okay, well, we only got three points out of it. Green Bay goes down and scores. We're coming back It's 7-3. to It would have been first and 10. Remember, Terrence Williams catches that ball. It would have been first and 10 on the 16-yard line. Instead, we end up second and 20 on the 48. We end up having to punt. We don't even get three out of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At what
0: I don't know. That seems like something we should be able to talk about.
1: So so is your statement that uh, huddle call?
0: You know, I'm just I'm just complaining. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's just I, I've heard my whole life. You, the refs, you know, sometimes you have to beat the refs. And I've heard also don't blame the refs. Mm-hmm. You know, both teams are playing with the same refs. You know? yeah. So, and it's going to be about. But there's people.
2: sometimes when you're watching your team play where they – it seems like the refs are calling petty calls on your team as opposed to the other team. It's like they have an agenda. Now, I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I don't believe that that refs got it in for Cowboys as opposed to other teams. But it, I, I feel like sometimes you it's easy to feel that way when you're watching stupid stupid calls like the like the huddle play. That should have never been called. I mean, that's a ridiculous – why are you calling that in a playoff well, game? And the fact – Dallas had sent me a, a post from a Twitter
0: account, and it basically showed Green Bay doing the exact same thing, and it would have been a – because they were on about the 10-yard line. It would have been a half the distance to the goal penalty, so it wouldn't have been as big. Mm-hmm. But 15-yard penalty, that's like the biggest penalty you can have. I mean, other than the pass interference spot fouls. Uh That's 15% of the field. That's a huge penalty that essentially killed our momentum and took the life out of our stadium. And it was a call that could have easily not been called. Yeah. Uh, And was there a single, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there was a single holding call called the entire game on the offensive or defensive lines. Not one i just don't believe that that to me says there mis- i saw lots of calls when uh my guys were almost to aaron Rodgers that could have easily been called holds that i saw called holds on other games that mm-hmm. just weren't called on ours yeah now they weren't called on the other side either yeah but i don't know it just seems weird
1: uh you know all i an ask out of any refs of any sport is that they're consistent, just consistent, um, and
0: well, they consistently let me down.
1: <laughs> and uh, I grew under, the, I grew up under the same household you did, and I That's don't know true. if That's true. Uh, Dad ever told you this, uh, but I used to complain about the refs after basketball games or something, and he is like, you know, every, the only people who complain about refs are losers.
0: That's right, because winners don't have anything to complain
1: about. I mean, it just stuck with me. Losers are the people who complain about refs. It's because they lost. Yeah, exactly. Winners don't complain about anything. <laughs> but, but there's a reason for that. Yeah, they won. Because they're not losers.
2: No, no, the reason is they're not getting the bad calls going no, their way. That's
1: not, that's not true. because well, if, Of
2: course you're not going to complain Cowboys, about it if you're not hey, getting the bad calls. Hey, call. y'all are talking over each other. Please stop.
1: <laughs> if the Cowboys had won that, even if the Cowboys don't win that game, Morris Claiborne got away with two defensive holdings he did mm-hmm. uh on important downs uh third third downs he got away with two of them there was other calls that um that the green bay packers totally got missed on you know like they they got the disadvantage it wasn't all one way i mean we view it as one way because of the calls that went against us and we can really see them and uh it really irks us but they missed calls on both sides of it it the refs missing those calls or are not calling those things right is not an excuse for us losing no no you absolutely. have to be better than sometimes you have to be better than the team you're playing and the refs and you just have to accept that going into every game you need to accept the possibility that you may have to be actually 7 or 10 points better than this team because you also have to beat the refs and i do not let the cowboys off the hook for the huddle call uh the good thing about it is the that huddle call will be looked at this off season. Um and we'll get a really good idea of um
2: the breakdown of it.
1: Uh well yeah and whether or not that will continue there will be a clarification because anytime something bad happens to the Cowboys in the in the post season, I mean Literally, footballs will change. Okay. I mean, you remember they used to be shiny and everything until Tony Romo bobbled that snap, right? After that, those balls look different, right? Um, Things will change if it affects the Cowboys in the playoffs.
2: I have Jerry Jones.
0: I have three quick things. Okay. Number one, the industry I am in is basically an audio video setup, and this one was in Houston. My company was gearing up for a big Houston Super Bowl presence. Because of this somewhat insider knowledge, I happen to be privy to the fact that Super Bowl tickets dropped immensely once the Cowboys were out of it. Just FYI. And it came out bad, on. bad for the NFL. Yeah, it
1: came out on the ESPN, too.
0: Okay. The, number two, a guy named Michael Lombardi uh 35,000 followers on Twitter uh NFL guy 35,000 or 35 million
1: thousand okay. 35 million? I oh, thought you said 35 million earlier. No, no, 35,000,
0: okay. Uh about 9 hours ago from the point of this recording, so about noon on the 19th of January, said the too many men in the huddle call on Dallas for 15 yards was a mistake. The league has admitted this to teams. Okay, well, that's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, uh, a little bit later, spoke with two teams that talked to the NFL office about the huddle call and both reported to me that it was a mistake. There was no deception on the part of Dallas, so there should have been no call. Okay. By the way, I'm cleaning up his language a little bit because, you know, Twitter talk is like, you know. Okay. Uh, Then uh, the NFL... Dean Blandino, who's the vice president of officiating, says, I've not spoken to any club about this call. Uh, This was about an hour later. The longstanding rule was last called in 2014 Week 8, Washington at Dallas, and against number 82. Then, Michael Lombardi posted again, The NFL can say anything they want, but my sources are solid, and I know what was told to them. I'm not starting a rumor. I'm just saying what was... What was said?
1: Yeah, when I hear that, I think I, I believe the guy, the, the um, Lombardi. Yeah, dude, Lombardi. I, I believe him. Uh, if you look at what who has the reason to lie, uh, Blandino has the reason to lie, uh, and Lombardi doesn't. Um, and to me, it screams that he's just covering up, trying to protect his guys, which is what you want your boss to do. You want your boss to protect you uh, publicly. Um, so I, I don't have a problem... Um, what didn't Blandino saying that? But, I, I mean, I can see through it. Okay, and that's He's my lying. number
0: two. My number three. My third quick point on this subject.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're right. Sometimes you've got to beat the refs. However, I, and you're saying that doesn't let Dallas off the hook. I feel when we say that, we're letting the referees off the hook. And I don't think that's right either.
2: Uh, I don't think we are. I don't think we are we well, are not in this just, room. We... <laughs> We should have never been in a position to where you let the you let the refs decide your fate in the game. If you played better, if you ran the ball more, then you're not letting the you're not letting them decide what you're gonna do in the game.
0: Well, here's the problem with that thought. This was early in the first quarter. It was seven to three. It Cowboys would have gone up ten to three, most likely. I'm assuming they would have got a touchdown, they would have at least got six points. We probably would have stayed more in our run game. The crowd would have been in it. I'm saying this type of call this early that pushes you out of field goal range at that point on the field in this big of a game, that was a mistake by the NFL. It's a problem, and I don't know how to fix it like most problems, but it does need to be fixed. Uh, I want to move on because I do feel like this is a black hole that we could argue about for hours in this room. Uh, number two, the Cowboys did the right thing passing the ball versus rushing the ball. Uh, maybe not at the end on that third and fourth play, but overall, you look at the numbers, what the Packers were able to do, what the Cowboys were able to do, they're very similar. And we were in that game up to the very end. So I think we actually did it right.
1: Discuss. Do you really? No. Okay. Uh <laughs> Listen, I, I, can, I can see the argument. It's hard to argue with the, you know, we're down and we got to even come back and everything. Um,
2: five five 5.7 I, yards yeah, per carry.
1: They well, had 5.1, so should they have ran it the
0: whole time? Yes. yes. Agreed. Um, yes. Would have got rid of all the turnovers. <laughs> uh,
1: the, um, the problem with it, really i have is early on in the game when we didn't run early on in the game that was my issue uh with us we we didn't run early on and because of that we got down i think quickly Mm -hmm. um because we got away from the things that we did um successfully uh, all season which was run the ball uh and i didn't feel like we were having much trouble troubles with it to begin the game either i mean I don't know if I saw a run for less than two yards the whole game. I don't uh, think you did. And that's that's awesome. That's an excellent running game. Um, at the end, I can see us passing. Um, you know, because uh, you're down 15 points in the fourth quarter. I can see the need for for passing. But you know, we actually ran more then. Uh, I feel like we had a more even approach from about 15. Pretty much the fourth quarter until maybe about two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I feel like that was more of our balanced approach. And we made up 14, 15 points pretty quickly, I'd say. You know, 15 points in 10 minutes is pretty excellent. Uh, and we did that by keeping our defense off the field and letting our offense dominate the game. Um, so, in some portion, we did it right towards the end of the game, but where we really failed and where we really lost the game. Is in the first quarter um really in the first half i and say. I would submit to you that
0: first quarter's outlook was changed by that single call, mm-hmm. which is why that is too big of a call. I don't think it should impact the entire game and see although that may be up to the coaches not to <clears throat> allow that to happen
2: i, I would have, I would agree with you about that one call and the fact that it, it took the energy out of the room it did the um, complete energy dead. out of the room um but I mean when you're getting you're getting delayed games at home? There's a coaching problem. That's not a that's not a it's not a ref problem. So we that's have a delay a team. here? Yes, we had delayed games. Um, we have there's problems. You as a team if you're in your home stadium shouldn't be getting any delay game problems. I think we called a timeout before the delay yeah, of game. We didn't have a single delay of game on that. Right. And you. you're losing timeouts because of it? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. which they should. Yeah, they're they should. they're not at home. Yep. They should, but when you're losing your, you're losing your, your timeouts that you will definitely need early in the game, whether you need it or not. Fact is, you need them.
0: See, I I, I disagree because I think first half timeouts are just use them if you need them. That's okay, how it, so
2: saying that you you don't need to just throw them away. You should you should not use them in case of a a penalty. You shouldn't be idea. using them in case of a penalty. If if you have good coaching, get your guys out there to, and and get them on the line properly, then you're not you're not having to either take a delay or give a give a a, a timeout. It's just foolish. All right, I, quick tangent to decide what
0: timeouts are worth. If you're in the first quarter and you have an impending delay of game, it's going to cost you five yards. But if you don't use any timeouts in the first half, you get a fourth timeout in the second half. Would you take the penalty? Yeah. Right? That's how much more valuable second half timeouts are.
1: Yeah, the second half timeouts can win you the game.
0: Exactly. Second, that's
2: right. It's a it's a case of win or lose the
0: game. So, And, and to me, that's why I'm not offended by our use of uh, timeouts at that point. Uh, look... When I when I was kind of looking at the uh, Green Bay Packers versus Dallas Cowboys line, let me just run through this real quick. Green Bay to Dallas, they had twenty nine minutes and forty six seconds time of possession. We had thirty minutes and fourteen seconds. About thirty more seconds. Pretty even. Yeah. Turnovers, we both had one. Um, yards per play, they averaged six point six. We averaged six point seven. You know what that means? That means the Dak Prescott turnover where he. I'm with you. He must have been trying to pull that ball back because I don't understand the throw in any other way. Yeah. Uh, I will disagree with you, uh, and you would disagree with you too. Uh, During the first half of that game, we both thought Dak was having a bad game Uh, as far as his his accuracy. You know, he, he has games where he's very accurate, and he has games when he's not, and he had that kind of game early. But moving on, passing. So total yards, we had 429. They had 413 They had 10 drives. We had nine drives. Yards per play, I already said that. Um, Let's see, rushing, we ran for 138 yards. I did think it could be much higher. We ran it 24 times, averaging 5.8 yards a carry. They attempted it 17 times for 5.1 yards per carry. They were 3-for-3 in the red zone. We were only 2-for-4, both one turnover. So, you know, I mean, just looking at all these numbers, I'm thinking, you know, this game was very, very close, and I think about it in the score. And, you know, yeah, it was very close. Uh, It could have gone either way. And because of that, I think, well, you know, maybe looking over everything, we played it the right way, considering that they had to kick, what was it, a 52-yard field goal?
1: Twice. A 56-yard to to – Go ahead. Go ahead, and then a fifty-two yarder to go again. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, this this is a team that was, you know, we were we were making it tough. It wasn't easy. Yeah. Uh, and you know, here's the difference: Green Bay is on its way downhill, guys. Dallas is on its way up. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, next year if these two teams meet, Cowboys trounce
2: Green Bay. You know, as good as that, good as it feels to hear that doesn't make up for the fact that we lost to the Green Bay. It players. will next year, and it will make next year's victory no, it even better. It will make next year's even better, but it won't feel better next year.
1: I don't have that much confidence in our coaching.
2: Yeah,
0: well, you've long been oh, I mean, outspoken I, about your Jason Garrett's mistrust.
1: <laughs> I mean, just look at what I saw. I mean, we got away from the thing that we were successful with the whole year. So we can run the ball the whole year and go – Sixteen and oh, but if we don't do it in the playoffs, then who cares
2: yeah what's the, what's the point yeah the so point? No, uh, and, and well you you here's know, it's like the thing. mavericks were back in the back in the early before they they were a good good uh, regular season team you know and and do you want your cowboys to be that, or do you want them to be dominant in in, in both seasons yes mm-hmm. that's yeah. right, you do yeah that's right
0: uh, well look um to me, I do think the uh, I, I do think we're on our way up, and I do think time heals all wounds. Uh, speaking of wounds and hurt backs, uh, Chris Carter today reported that he thought a good trade for both teams would be Tony Romo down to Houston for J.J. Watt. <laughs> uh, I love the name. I'd love to have a pass rush. He's getting a little old, and he's guaranteed his money through 2022. Romo's only through 2019. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, What do you think of that, guys? Does that sound like a Uh, true statement? You know, the problem with Chris Carter, the problem with most athletes, and the same problem you have with actors, man, they're fun to watch. It's a joy to watch them do what they do. And then you put a microphone in their mouth and, and expect them to say something intelligent, and they spew out something like this. And it, 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 it tends to give them more relevance than they need. Chris Carter is not a smart man. He's well, Chris Carter s- did say recently that
0: he was every bit as good as Michael Irvin, and the only thing that made them any different was Michael Irvin's three Super Bowl rings.
2: Okay. okay. I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I, I Chris think Chris Carter's
0: nowhere near the talent that Michael Chris Irvin Carter
2: was. Chris Carter was great talent. He, he was, was great. But he talent. wasn't Michael
0: Irvin great.
2: He wasn't Michael Irvin great because he didn't have the most accurate quarterback in in the in NFL to throw throw to. Him. All I'm saying is I agree. Chris Carter's an idiot. Chris Carter is an idiot. He's a he's a great athlete. He's a great receiver. Um, whether whether he's as good as, as Michael Irvin is is debatable. But um, I, I don't think you should be putting a microphone in 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 these guys' faces and expect them to say something intelligent. Expecting them to say something by all means. Just don't expect it to be very intelligent. This is a stupid argument. This is a stupid trade. Watt, who is a arguably when he's on the field a, a, a difference maker, Ever- arguably, yeah, certainly, certainly, okay. Yeah. One of the one of the greatest defenders of of certainly my my time. Um, he's at the end of his career. He's not. He's he's not even as as. <laughs> as consistent as Romo has been over, um, over the last couple of years. And Romo's been out the last couple of years.
0: Now, okay, just looking at this, J.J. Watt's about to turn 27 years old. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to argue a little bit different. Uh, I think if you're going to get rid of Romo uh, and they need a quarterback and they're willing to give up a pass rusher uh, of J.J. Watt's caliber uh, or even potential caliber, I think that's worth it. Uh, I don't love the fact that I'm looking at his cap hit here. In 2019, uh, in 2020, and 2018, the cap hits would be $15 million per year.
2: Yeah. But, but you, that's less than Romo's. You, you'd renegotiate all that by and the time he, he got here. 2021, I'm sorry,
0: 2021 is his last year, and that cap hit is $17.5 million. Okay. So, but to me... I think if you're a pass rusher away, which I think everyone in this room thinks, if we had a pass rush, we would have won this Green Bay game at least.
2: Yeah, I don't,
0: if I don't. we had, let me ask you this: If we had J.J. Watt healthy going into that Packers game, would we have won it? I think the answer is yes. I mean, if we sack Aaron Rodgers,
2: no, not, one not more when you time, consider not when you consider that they did have 5.1 yards per carry. But I mean, we, we all we're agree more the running than, game we didn't need matter. More, we need more. Than, I never agreed to that. Uh, we need more than just a pass rush. I mean, we we need a defensive line. Um, well, He's We part need of more it. than one player is what I'm saying. Dallas, you've been oddly quiet on this.
1: Oh, okay, I think I've, I'm in direct opposition to kind of maybe what the feel is in this room. I think this is great. Uh, I don't think Chris Carter is a total idiot. I um, I don't. I don't know. I haven't listened enough to what he says. But just taking that aside and just hearing what he has to say, they should trade. They should trade for for each. I don't think this is a good deal for Houston. Uh,
0: I don't. I don't think Houston would do it unless we maybe sent a draft pick. But for me, Romo
2: and I don't know. A well, that's third what Chris rounder. Carter offered, and that's exactly what Chris Carter, our first rounder, and a. And Tony Romo, which I'm is not me stupid. first rounder. Right, round. right. Which okay, is just yeah, stupid. That's,
1: that's crazy. A uh, first rounder, no. But if you send over Tony Romo and a fourth rounder, third rounder, heck, I don't know. What are you willing to give up for
2: uh, DJ, DJ Watt?
1: Watt? I'd be willing to give
2: up a second round and Tony Romo. I would not. I, 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 I do long think as he's going to be on the field as much as Tony Romo. And I, I have no confidence that Tony Romo is going to be on the field.
1: Yeah, I think I think I would take that. I mean, he's a pass rusher. He's twenty seven. You know, that's pretty young. Uh, that's most
2: that's one, that's one. That's one contract left in his career, is what that is. I'm I don't even,
1: need him for the rest of
0: his
2: life. I need him for the rest of his. Contract. I'm just telling you where he's at in his career.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we've got Dak Prescott signed through the end of 2019. Um, you know, I, heck, yeah, fifteen million a year for a, an elite pass rusher. Those guys are rare, as rare as probably rarer than great quarterbacks. Um so yeah, I'll take that. Uh I just don't think uh the Texans would. Um they did really well without without him. Well Clowney
2: uh, is, has established himself as a as yeah. a as a true pass rusher. They don't specifically need him. Um
0: it's an embarrassment of riches when they have a specific weakness that they've already failed once problem is i'm with you dallas uh i'm excited about it as a cowboy fan because the prospect of getting jj watt for almost anything would be worth. i would trade ezekiel elliott for jj watt
2: i wouldn't you're crazy
0: ezekiel elliott's got what two three years left in the league as a running back on average
2: no not against a not against a powerful offensive line
0: well, hard to know. Look, we can't know it, those It things.
2: isn't hard to know. What did Emmett Smith do behind the greatest offensive line?
1: It, Emmett Smith is a special player.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter. What is,
0: Hold on, guys. What you're doing right now is speculative, so it doesn't matter. It's, it's a, I'm that's, saying, a stupid,
2: that's a stupid thing.
0: I'm saying that Ezekiel Elliott, if he's like most running backs, even a little better, has got two years left in him, even Not behind sure. this line. Not Look, sure. he, when he hits a guy, he's like Marion Barber. He hits them hard. He makes them pay for it. That's why Marion Barber didn't last, guys. You know why Emmett Smith lasted? Because he didn't hit like that. And look, Ezekiel Elliott may change. He may break the mold. He may be Adrian Peterson. But look, for every Adrian Peterson, how many, I don't even know their names are there that have mm-hmm. gone to the NFL. Or legitimate pass rusher. I'm saying, yeah, if they came to me and said, look, we'll take Ezekiel Elliott off your hands, but uh, we'll give you J.J. Watt, I would do that. Uh, That's how valuable I think a pass rush is, and that's how confident I am in Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. Yeah. Uh, Now, Darren's another year older, so, you know, who knows with that? But I actually, I liked, was it our fourth or fifth round guy? He's a brown. He's a brown now?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Darius Jackson. Is he a brown? He's a brown. Dang it. We released him whenever McFadden came uh, back. mm Mm-hmm. And the Browns snapped him up. Yeah, so he went from the Dallas he went from being a Dallas Cowboy to a Cleveland Brown. Ugh. <laughs>
0: Poor <guy>. <laughs> uh <laughs> Anyway, uh that's how valuable I think JJ Watt is. But because I'm so excited, that to me is an indication that Houston wouldn't go for that. I mean, you're yeah, there may be a quarterback away, but I don't I think if you have a special player like JJ Watt that's that rare Look, I wouldn't trade Dak Prescott for J.J. Watt. No. Because quarterbacks are rare, too. Running backs aren't. Mm -hmm. They're just not. Even if Ezekiel Elliott is a rare talent, there are lots of running backs. And if we have this offensive line and we believe in it, and we can get something that good for it, Mm -hmm. heck, yeah, I would do that. But I, like you, I don't see it happening, uh, at least not in a way that wouldn't make me feel a little icky. But I guess that's how most trades are. That's how you know it's a good trade. If both teams are like, Ew.
1: yeah, well, it's a, a trade off, you know, win, win. It's yeah. gotta be a win, win for both sides. I, I do see a win, win aspect to it. They've got a good defense. Um, they've got some pieces in play. They can, you know, I mean, if you look at the game against the, um, the Patriots, I think with Tony Romo there, they would have won that game. Uh, I, if he was healthy. Yeah, definitely. He would have had to be, he would have had to have been healthy. Um, but I, I do, I, I think you know Tony Romo instead of Brock Osweiler, that might be a twenty-one point difference, you know. Uh, and then you're talking about some possession. A
0: twenty-one point? Wow, that's a huge. You know, a big Brock Osweiler fan. Uh,
1: well, uh, I'll say when I watched that game, I did feel bad for him because I felt like he knew that he was his he career was unmatched. Yeah, his, he his was, career he was, was, was completely unmatched there. Um, and the guys that he was throwing to. Even when he threw perfect passes or dropping it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it's really hard when you're a fringe player and the times you do do something right, it still goes wrong. I just feel, I just feel bad for him. I, he was throwing a fit at the end of the game. You know, he, th- he threw a pick. He threw a ball he shouldn't have thrown, really. But he's kind of forcing things down the field. And you could just tell the way that he was reacting. Like, he knew that was very important for not just, like, this season, but my career.
0: Mm. Well look, we don't root for anybody to fail here at this podcast, so you know, best of love to Brock. I do hope that uh Tony has success somewhere. I don't think JJ Watt's gonna be a cowboy, although I would love that. Yep. Um, Cowboys should only draft defensive players next year. Dallas earlier you were talking about the uh disparity between the offensive side of the money, the defensive side of the money. Now I'm looking at our uh List of free agents who are unrestricted. Um, and I'm just going to skip over some of the uh, offensive people. Just go down to defensive people. Richard Ash, who nobody in this room even knows. Jack Crawford, who's been eh. Ryan Davis. Now, he was number 75. He every once in a while showed some glimmers. Terrell McClain. Andrew Gatchkar. Justin Durant. Rolando McClain, of course, he's gone. Uh, Brandon Carr. Barry Church. Claiborne. J.J. Wilcox. I don't believe that there's any chance uh, that Barry Church and Morris Claiborne aren't on this team moving forward. Uh, J.J. Wilcox, I mean, Heath had a pretty solid game. Can he step up, take that? I don't know. Uh, Wilcox don't. was a hitter, and I like a hitter. Yeah. Uh, so, But the idea of drafting just the best defensive players we can draft, I'm kind of okay with our offense where it is.
2: No, you draft the best player on the board. You always draft the best. You want your team to get better in the long term, you be, you draft the best player on the board. Yes, you, you need to go after defense. If they're available and, and they're in that position, then you take them. If they're the best defensive lineman in that area or the best defenders in that, and that you take the best player on the board consistently over the past 20, 25 years. When Cowboys haven't picked the best players on the board, They've consistently lost by it. It's been a bad choice. You don't do that. You don't. You don't draft for need. You draft best player on the board, and and that's 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 NFL one hundred and one. That's been proven one hundred percent accurate over the years. Chester,
0: and, your fandom is showing. <laughs> but you listen. To be fair, no, no. Listen, you're you're combining two different things. Cause you're talking one about theology and one about reality, and you're right. There's two different schools of thought. Pick the player you need or pick the best player on the board. The Cowboys' board is different than everyone else's board. They're not all the same. Nope. And the places where you generally make the biggest gains or where you take that risk and you jump around, there is no proven thing in the NFL about the draft. If there was, teams would be better at it. Uh, So, look, I get what you're saying, and I do
2: agree with you, actually. Browns? pick for need, and they've been picking for need for past 10, 15 years. And what have they always needed? Quarterback. I, I do so not. So they always reach for that one player they need, and it seems to always fail. So if you're always reaching for that player you need and not picking them where they really need to pick, even if it means trading out of that position because you need that player later, that's how you do it. You you take the player that's best in that position on the board. If that means you're moving out of that position and taking him in the best spot where he's good, then you do that. But you take the best player on the board. Look, I, I can't get into specifics on the Cleveland Browns because I don't
0: know much about them. I wasn't them. talking about Cleveland Browns. But I'm what, talking about the Cowboys. What I am saying is uh, I agree with the uh, thought. You, you take the best player that helps your team that's available at that spot. Uh, you know? No, I, I don't think if you're number one this year and it's a number one quarterback, you take that. I think you trade out of it uh, and you get some additional picks for it because you already have your quarterback. Uh, I don't think you'd move up to get a running back. I think you uh, take the best player. If there's a offensive player and a defensive player that are on the same spot on your board uh, and you need defensive players, I think you got to take the defensive player moving forward. Uh, I, I think drafting is a little bit of a, uh, crap shoot, uh, referring to the game, uh, you know, where you throw the dice. That's what it is. And I think the more dice you throw, the more likely you are to hit. And I think right now we need some hits on our defensive side. And I think the best way to do that is volume.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I definitely hear you. I, I, I would be okay if we spent the whole draft, uh, Drafting defensive guys, especially uh, linemen, the defensive linemen. Um, I feel like we've got some we got pretty good secondary back there. I'd like to see Thank Barry Church come back um, and Morris Claiborne resign, um, and then I think we're pretty set there. Uh, and, and then it's about you know drafting defensive linemen. I feel like that's where we're really struggling. Um, you know, getting a pass rush um, earlier when we we're talking about getting J.J. Watt. Uh, I feel like that does clear up a lot of things on your pass rush because you have a guy who's solid uh, on your defensive line because you have one guy who's solid. And, you know, we talk about um, good players versus great players. J.J. Watt's a great player, and I think he would make everybody else around him better.
0: Oh,
2: definitely, because teams, I mean, just from a mathematical standpoint, if he was got to stay healthy guys, all year, and he hasn't done that in a couple of years. Yeah, I neither mean, is I mean, Romo. And that's right. That's why I think it's a good trade. But look,
0: Charles Tapper is a defensive end. If he plays, we're getting a little help there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, just on a numbers basis, if you've got five on five, right, and one of those five is a healthy J.J. Watt, well, then two of those five need to be over there. They need to be doing something to work together on the other four. That makes those other four guys better. That's right. And I think you need to do everything you can to shore up
2: that front line. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my position on that. Jester? Um, as far as that goes, you know, you, I've already stated that um, you take the best player. If, you, if you're looking for defense, then you trade back to where it would be the best player. And you, you, I agree with you. You get more picks out of that. Um, you know, I was reading something here on, on Facebook a few minutes ago, and it, it goes back to where you would think Romo would make a fit. And they brought up a, an interesting team that I would think would – would be a good fit and that would be kansas city now
0: isn't Al- didn't alex smith have a pretty good year
2: he had a yeah. decent year but i mean he can't throw the ball he doesn't make your team better uh
0: he's just a bus driver quarterback he is
2: that's all he is and anyone ever say anything different they're crazy and everybody says the same thing he is the ultimate bus driver um now they've got a they've got a decent offensive line they've got a they've got Tyreek Hill, which is a, a wide receiver, very—he's the fastest player in the NFL. They've got one of the better tight ends in the game. I mean, he's—he's he's probably number two or number three. Is in that Kelsey is. over there? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's excellent. You know, and um, they've got some receivers that, if Romo was to come in and and take over for that position, he would—he would show an immediate approval, immediate improvement. Um, and their defense is not bad when healthy. They've got the same problem that Houston had. You know, a lot of their top guys got injured, but you know, Roethlisberger never saw, never sniffed the end zone during that game they played this week. So, you give them a better offense. That's a team that could be reckoned with if you give them somebody like Tony Romo to throw behind.
0: All right, I've got one final thing I want to ask here. Final statement, and you can define this either way, and I'd like you both to expand on it. Um, and we'll start with uh, you, Chester. Respond to this.
2: This season was a success. Yes and no. Yes in the fact that it was way beyond expectations. If you told me in the beginning of the year that Romo was going to go down and we were going to go, we were going to be in the second round of the playoffs, I, I would have laughed at you. Out of no way. Um, Dak Prescott performed. Way better than expectations, but I mean to be fair, he come out of you know he, he showed up in preseason was he was he was putting his name on this team early, you know that guy he, he was he was very impressive, and uh, Ezekiel certainly didn't until game three of the when the season started. So if you told me that we were we were going to lose all of the meaningful games, but two, I'd have been yeah that's absolutely success. But saying that in week 10. You know, we're thinking we're thinking deep playoffs. Now, getting to the second round, you know, like coach Whoopty to do, Wade Phillips would say, "Hey, that's that bye week is a win." I, I don't believe that. I think that's garbage. You have to win in the in the playoffs to be significant. And they didn't they didn't do that. So for me, it's it's bittersweet. Great for the future. Yes, this season was better than expected. But my expectations were much higher at the end of the season than what we what we were rewarded with. Dallas? Uh,
1: no, it was not a success. Uh, and the reason is, going into it, the idea was that Tony Romo was healthy and that he may miss a few games because he gets hurt um, and, he, and he's old and he, he might be brutal. Uh, I didn't expect him to miss as many games as he did. But my expectation going into it was Tony Romo was going to be here and i expected a playoff run maybe not a super bowl but more than one game uh i expected one win i was hoping really with tony romo to get to the nfc championship i didn't think that was out of reach i didn't think it was ridiculous um this was a team that was set up very similar to 2014 the exact same offensive line it turned out to be um you know and uh Yes, whenever Tony went down, expectations changed a little bit. But also the expectations changed after we saw what Dak Prescott was and what this team could be with Dak Prescott. And going into the playoffs this year, I thought one win was uh, not too much to ask. And we didn't get that. So, yes, it was a good regular season. But it doesn't matter. Um, the... We should have won a game. We were the better team. Uh we were better than the Packers. Uh we started out slow uh and that and that cost us the game. Um but it was clear to me whenever I'm looking at that game that there was one dominant team. Um and it was us. So I would say that this was not a successful season. This was a failure of a season. Uh I guess in one sense you found a future quarterback and maybe you had to say it's a success for that. But as far as my expectations for this season alone, it was a failure of a season. because so I felt like we should, even even in week 17, I still felt like we should have gone to the, um, the NFC Championship, the Conference Championship. That's right. Uh, I didn't think that was ridiculous. Uh, I thought that was a legitimate ask as a fan. I often get on fans because it's Super Bowl and nothing. Um, and that's not where I was at. Uh, and I felt justified in that. 13-3 and team. It's a team that is the best team in the NFC. It should be in the uh, NFC Championship. And it's not. Uh, and I think you have to look at that as a failure.
0: Uh, okay. I'll, I'll wrap up here. And then I'll uh, do a little housekeeping and uh, we'll head out. Um, to me... It's kind of a roller coaster of a season, guys. It really was. Uh, you know, I was with Dallas early on. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, this is our year. We got Dez Bryant back. He's healthy. We got Ezekiel Elliott, this kid who's supposed to be beast mode. We got the offensive line. We'll get stuff sorted out. Sean Lee stayed healthy for a long time last season. Uh, you know, we are poised. We are poised. Now I did think Randy Gregory would be part of it. I did think DeMarcus Lawrence would be part of it. I did think we would have more of our pass rushers back. When we didn't, and uh we were kind of struggling early, I was like, Well, we know week four, it'll it'll get better. It'll get better in week four. Uh then Romo goes down and it's like oh man. Four and twelve, here we come. Uh you know, we're praying. Uh, you know, every night with our kids when we put them down, you know, Lord be with Dak Prescott, get him those three out of six wins, please. You know, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, this guy comes out of nowhere and just dominates. Uh, you'll, I mean, he kind of, the attitude I hear around him is kind of similar to what I hear about Jerry Jones. You know, if you're around the guy for 10 minutes, it doesn't matter what you thought of him going into it. You'll love him. And I feel like that's how this team responds to Dak Prescott. And you heard him talking about, you know, uh, a quote I heard from before the game. So they were asking, you know, what did Dak Prescott say to you? He said, uh, you know, go out there and, you know, have a good time, have fun. It's like, this guy understands. A team that's loose and having fun is a good team. And a team that's a good team has more fun. It kind of stacks up on itself. And, uh, you know, With you, Dallas, after all those wins, my expectations kind of changed. Again, they went up. Oh, maybe we'll do well. Maybe we'll get a win. Super Bowl didn't seem out of the question, especially after I watched the Houston Texans almost beat. Well, okay, almost beat's probably too strong. But they were certainly in that game uh, early on against the Patriots. That made me think, if the Cowboys get the Patriots in the Super Bowl, we could beat this team. And I still think we might could have. But the bottom line is we didn't get it done, and when we didn't get it done, we ended up having a great season with not a single playoff win, which means we get a terrible draft spot, so it was an absolute failure. There is nothing good taken away, unless you consider the fact that what you actually did was trade multiple playoff runs for a possible super bowl run which may be a little bit weird but i do think that's what happened i think if you wanted a super bowl run this year you could have had it with romo point point blank i think romo's a better quarterback than dak prescott absolutely he is he would have given you i'm guessing on average a touchdown more a game than dak prescott he might have turned it over about double the times but you would have won with bigger margins and he may not have even had a 13-3 record because of those turnovers. But I do think you win that game against Green Bay. I do think you can beat the Falcons. And I definitely think you could have beat the Patriots. It would, however, have possibly impeded Dak Prescott's abilities and runs. And we are, if you get rid of Romo and Witten, a fairly young team. Especially with Dak and Elliott. Uh, The offensive line isn't old. And I think what you're doing is you're saying, you know what? The experience from this loss will get us more and deeper runs into the playoffs moving forward. I think that's what they did, and I don't like that. I wanted a Super Bowl. Uh, My expectation shifted. I wanted a Super Bowl, or, you know, it was a bust. And I don't like to be that fan. But I've been waiting for 20-some-odd years, and it looked like we were in a position to do it. We had, look— We had two of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the NFL. Certainly two top ten quarterbacks in the NFL this year on our team. Mm -hmm. We didn't win a single playoff game. Yeah. We had arguably the best running back in the NFL. I know Le'Veon Bell's probably better. But Ezekiel Elliott is at least in the top two of the running backs. We didn't win a playoff game. Mm -hmm. It was an absolute failure. We gain nothing from it other than the experience. I do feel a little more confident about Dak, but I would have rather had a Super Bowl appearance than feel a little bit better about Dak. That could have come next year. I could have waited for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we all agree that this season sounds like it was a failure, but this season, this first season of our podcast, complete success.
0: Oh, I don't know how you could argue any other way. Yeah. Total success. You know what I really liked? The addition that we made when Hope started doing the intros. (laughs) She's awesome. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That was a good addition. I think that was the best addition we did.
0: I can't even think of another addition. Yeah. I don't know of it. Tester got another addition. I don't. (laughs) I can't really
1: argue with that. (laughs) Um,
2: Love me some hope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this will conclude the first season of our podcast. Um, We are going on hiatus. I promise we will be coming back um it's just going to be about a six to eight week uh break we did consider keeping going because um we are a dallas sports podcast that is cowboy centric and now there is no cowboys there is mavericks yeah. And we, yeah we considered staying around for the mavericks but they're totally irrelevant um yeah but just, then we looked at their record yeah. <laughs> uh and so i lost a day um and well, and they're fourteen to twenty-eight,
0: so they're only point two five.
2: They're right there on the 0. 0.25 edge, of
0: what? They're right that's there on the edge. Like there's five hundred ball. Uh huh. They're not that. They're point two five oh, ball. Yeah,
1: 25 percent <laughs> ball. Uh, that's brutal. Yeah, you know, um, maybe we'll come back and we'll do uh, something on who they can get in the draft. Um, really, that's what you you should be looking for next from us. Um, probably start uh, either the beginning of march maybe mid-march talk about free agency we'll start talking about the rangers and we'll start talking about the nfl draft we'll have a new look maybe a new sound uh but it'll be the same three guys uh and we look forward to hearing from you guys if there's anything you think like man i would really love you guys would do this in addition to what you what we're already doing or maybe instead of what we're already doing feel free to reach out to us i mean we're pretty available um you know You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or a message or email us at mydadsfavoritepodcast at gmail.com. Really, just if you type in my dad's favorite podcast, all those things are us. Everything that comes up on Google is us.
0: I'll incentivize it a little bit. Out of my own pocket, I will buy a white Hanes t-shirt and sign it and send it to any listener who asks a question. Oh, okay. I'll do the same. On a different shirt or the same shirt?
2: On the same shirt. Same Where's shirt. Where's the fun in two so different Dallas, shirts? will you
0: commit to signing a shirt?
2: That would cost
1: me more. I will commit to signing a shirt. Should we put our logo on it? No. No? Okay, just a signed shirt.
0: <laughs> just so we, Look, this isn't a big money podcast. Okay. That's... I mean, I'm going to buy a three-pack for 10 bucks,
1: <laughs> and <laughs> hope that
0: two people don't ask a question. <laughs>
1: uh, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, it's been really good talking to you guys uh, and just doing this uh, podcast, and we look forward to next year um what is that jason garrett named pwfa as 2016 nfl coach of the year
0: i thought he would definitely get that considering he lost a starting quarterback
1: yeah um so that's not really too surprising um uh, i think i think he might have done a, i think he did a decent job coaching i think he did a good job coaching this year um i'll go as far as as to say that did a really good regular season of coaching um but, yeah, I just wanted to, to say thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, this only is uh, really relevant if uh, you guys share it with somebody. I mean, the only way we can share it with people is Facebook and just putting stuff out. Um, really, the, the, the best way to grow our podcast is through you guys. And if you like us, we just, we'd love to, to have you share us with your friends um, and family and uh i'd
0: also like to know why you love us i could use some self-esteem building
1: yeah and where you found us would actually be really good too yeah
0: i don't have a big enough ego
2: (sighs) and and listen just just download our podcast i mean that that's very helpful to us going forward uh gives us a lot of feedback on some of the things that that we need to do to get better so yeah you know feel free all right uh, i guess then until
0: next year is that it yeah all right this is mdfp it's much easier to say that than my dad's favorite podcast. Yeah. And it's starting to roll off the tongue. MDFC. Also, if you'd like to donate a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys.